I'm probably going to edit this to start the good bowl games in the front because I think it's important. Because you don't think all of them are good bowl games? I think they're all great bowl games, Jacob Booth. But you, in terms of great journalism, if you're listening to this, you always put the most interesting stories in the front. There you go. Good evening, two dudes with some balls, listeners. Let's talk about some balls today. First off, though, what's up, Jacob Booth? How are we doing? Merry, merry holidays. Good, man. Yeah, happy holidays to everyone listening and you and your family. Yeah, yeah. as to you. Hopefully, uh, we're both not in our normal locations, so hopefully the headsets we're using sound decent enough for the audio today. Snowfall here in Washington State, but that is the perfect mood for these coverage that we're giving you today i guess new year's six bowls in college football playoff is getting underway this week this weekend as the new year approaches which is really the only time the bowl games really seem to matter that's why a lot of them have since the last podcast gotten canceled or moved or whatever but these bowl games are likely to play we would imagine so let's dive into it and start talking about some college football bowl games before any of them booth which one are you the most excited to watch? That is a good question. Got uh, to be prepared for these questions. <laughs> well, I think it's hard to get excited for some of these bowl games with the amount of people opting out. Yeah. But on paper, the one I'm most excited for is Georgia versus Michigan, even though Georgia's seven or eight point favorite. I think that should be a really good game. Georgia's got something to prove after losing to Bama. Yep. Michigan's look good lately, so that's my pick. What about you? Like that. Uh, I think the game I'm actually most excited to see isn't one of the playoff games. I'm I'm excited to see the All-State Sugar Bowl. And I'll, I'll kind of explain that as we get into it a little bit. But that, that's the game I'm I'm kind of excited to see Baylor versus Ole Miss. But let's let's start with a little bit of, you know, what to know, maybe a prediction. The college football playoffs, which starts both games Friday, December 31st, in the first game at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic between number one Alabama versus number four Cincinnati, which this is the largest margin of betting, uh, favor, odds, whatever you want to call it, in playoff history so far since the addition of the playoffs in the 2014-2015 season, where Alabama is a 13.5 point favorite here at the Cotton Bowl Classic. Booth, is there anything you'd like to say on this this historic game? Cincinnati being the first mid-major team to make the college football playoffs after a perfect season. What do you think? I think what everyone else thinks. <laughs> Alabama is having the equivalent of a bye week. I mean, it's just it's not even gonna be close. They're just gonna run through Cincinnati. Uh, it's gonna be like the the Notre Dame game a few years ago. It's it's just mm. It has to happen, but it's not going to be close. I want to make arguments for Cincinnati, not not to win, but what makes this game at least worth watching. It's hard to deny the inevitable. Bryce Young is an incredible quarterback, the Heisman winner for Alabama with 4,322 yards through the air, 43 passing touchdowns to only four interceptions. Yet, this may be one of the better secondaries they will play all year. I know I had to laugh when saying that because it is AAC versus SEC, um, but they did have the Nico, uh, the Thorpe award winner, which is given to the best defensive back of the year in Kobe Bryant. Yes, sir. Um, spelled with the C O B Y not K O B E different, different guy, as well as they do have another, one of the best man to man cornerbacks in 
Ahmed Sauce, nicknamed Sauce Gardner Jr. So they do have two very good defensive backs. That defensive back core is very good in Cincinnati. They held their own very well against Notre Dame. They held their own in the AAC Championship. They held their own all year, obviously, as they're undefeated, as well as quarterback Desmond Ritter, who's a senior, 3,190 yards, 30 touchdowns, only eight interceptions for him. So how does Cincinnati compete in this game, Booth? They don't. They don't. <laughs> yeah, it's the answer. But if you go blow for blow with Alabama, you give yourself the best shot because it's going to be very hard to stop that offense. But the problem is they stack up very well defensively as well, sacking Georgia three times in the SEC championship. And Georgia has the best offensive line in the nation. So I expect Bama's defense to feast on a smaller, weaker Cincinnati. Do you think they cover the 13 and a half? I would take the, I would take <laughs> minus 14 for uh, Alabama. I, oh. I just don't – I. I mean, yeah, they got some great cornerbacks, but Bryce Young just smoked Georgia's defense. So let's talk. Uh, let's talk briefly, just to put this in perspective. And this was a better in terms of conference opponent last time we saw something like this, where Alabama faced one of arguably the best secondaries in the nation in a playoff game. Came in, uh, what would it be, 2018, 2019, where they played the University of Washington. I think it was in the Peach Bowl, and Washington lost 24 to seven. Alabama had no problem beating that secondary in high-powered defense. So I think that's a fair look uh, assessment. 17, 20 points. I'd say Alabama's going to win this game by maybe more. But let's move on to the bowl game that you are most excited for, and I do not blame you. The Capital One Orange Bowl down in Miami at 7.30 Eastern time on New Year's Eve between number two, Michigan, versus number three, Georgia. And Georgia is a seven and a half point favorite. What makes them that seven and a half point favorite, Booth? Defense wins championships. Defense wins championships. And you know that defense is going to eat. It always does. I mentioned it earlier, and this is the matchup to make or break, I think, the game for Michigan. There's two things that Michigan uh, has that helps them. And I'm going to start with they are facing the best offensive line in the nation. Like I said to you, they only allowed eight sacks all year until they played Alabama where Alabama sacked the quarterback three times, which is insanely impressive. But Michigan has the potential number one overall pick in Aiden Hutchinson, who you said, and I can't disagree with you. I wanted him to win the Heisman as well. Broke the Michigan school record, 14 sacks this season, which is incredibly special to go along. Helps the defense. The defense is one of the best at getting after the pass rush, getting after running backs. They have a, a beautiful defense. I think they're a fun defense to watch. Very tough nose, uh, gritty team. I, I, I like Michigan a lot, but Georgia matches that that tough nose ability. They have quarterback problems, but when you look at the rest of that team, it's so special to watch that Georgia that Georgia offense play. It goes along with the uh, defense. I think play action is really going to beat Michigan with how aggressive they are on the rush. But Michigan on the other side has Hassan Haskins, who has 1,228 yards on the ground with 20 touchdowns, which is just insane this year. And if they can stifle through that that Georgia defense with a tough running, hard-nosed running to set up play action of their own, Michigan has a shot here. Booth, anything to add? You're not going to mention that Michigan kicker, Jake Moody, a first team all-american selection and that's going to be a big game changer in the game i mean 21 21 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter he lines up for a 51 yard field goal puts it through the uprights and michigan goes to a national championship don't think that's likely but just, just thought i mentioned I, I do like that it might come, maybe it comes down to a field goal who, who knows how this works it, uh, right. Apparently, according to the prediction, the the books odds it's a doesn't, it's a touchdown and a half favorite. What what do you look at? What do you think 
you think Georgia walks away with this one and we see a SEC championship matchup again? I think so. It seems to be the new norm. Um, but the reason this game has me so excited is there's so many draft prospects. I think there's um, seven defensive All-Americans, which is just a ridiculous number. You already mentioned Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, Dick Buckus award winner and a Kobe Dean's out there. Outland trophy winner Jordan Davis is out there. You know, you had to mention some awards earlier, so I had to do this team. Yeah, there's some big uh, high accolades <laughs> in this. Uh, obviously, when the top four teams are playing against each other, there's going to be some guys with some uh, national recognition. So I expect nothing more than a great football game in the Orange Bowl, as well as the other playoff game, kind of. No offense to Cincinnati. Let's take a look at these other just as valuable Jacob Booth, as I mentioned earlier, bowl games. The rest of the New Year's Six Bowl games that start Thursday, December 30th at the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl between number 10 Michigan State and number 12 Pittsburgh. Michigan State's a two and a half point favorite. Is there anything you really look for in this game? The thing I look for, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking at the line here, but I'm looking at that Jordan Addison and I'm yeah. looking at the passing defense of the Michigan State Spartans. They've been terrible. I think they rank like 100th or 105th, something like that. Yep. Passing yards allowed. Jordan Addison's just torn up defenses this year. So I like the dog, the two and a half point underdog, Pittsburgh. I don't know their mascot. I think it comes down to them versus the running game of Kenneth Walker, one of the best, uh, most proficient runners in the nation this year. He was Big Ten running back. Bad news for you. He's opted out, huh? Yep. Uh, you know what? Let me scratch that. Should have done better reporting on that. <laughs> Pittsburgh, hey, man, congrats. No, there's still some good things to see. I think this game is more important than what it ma- it seems like it matters. Okay, Michigan State didn't play in the Big Ten Championship. Pittsburgh, congrats on the ACC Championship win when you weren't favored to be there. Uh, what I like about this is is the recruiting. I think this has a bigger impact on the recruiting for both teams. Michigan's obviously going to get better in the Big Ten with with them being in the playoffs now. That really helps keep some of those recruits, helps recruiting in the future, helps job security for Jim Harbaugh to land recruits. Um, with a name like that, you're going to land recruits. Ohio State obviously is a powerhouse every year in the Big Ten, and they're playing in another New Year's Six Bowl. Three Big Ten teams represented New Year's Six Bowls this year, but Michigan State right now for in the class of 21 they ranked 46 in the nation in terms of recruiting class whereas in 2022 after this great year already they're starting to land recruits and right now they're ranked in 21st in the nation right now currently in the national recruiting class as where Pitt is they're 29th in the nation right now in 2021 and next year they're at 64 so a win here really helps you maybe land some bigger three-star four-star commits to them keep climbing in the recruiting class because Clemson's going to get better uh, Wake Forest had a good year obviously the ACC, you know, Virginia Tech and West Virginia also have good recruiting classes coming in next year. So a win for Pittsburgh really helps their recruiting poll for the next two or three years for sure. As for Michigan State, where it's going to be a very competitive Big Ten again. Your prediction was you have Pitt winning this game. Yeah, I'm going with the dog. You know, before if Kenneth Walker was playing, I think I'd give Michigan State the slight edge. I think the two and a half point marginal is a good margin right there, but uh I'm still going to stick with Michigan State. Uh, I like the the way the coaching's heading, and I think uh, I think the Big Ten's better than the ACC this year. And, uh, I'm excited to see the two conferences match up against each other. Let's now look at the Fiesta Bowl, which is Saturday, December 1st. Starts at 1 p.m. Eastern time between number nine, Oklahoma State, and number five, Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and I think the biggest thing to look at in this game is Marcus Freeman, his first game coaching 
the Fighting Irish and just the praise he got from his players, the reason partially why he was promoted into this job. It's going to be a great first step to, you know, start off with a win, hopefully. I know they have some people not playing as well, um, but this is a big game, especially with Oklahoma State and Notre Dame, who are both just outside the playoffs. Nord- excuse me, Oklahoma State losing to Baylor in the Big 12 championship kind of pushed them out. But anything you want to discuss on this game? Yeah, you kind of mentioned it. Kyle Hamilton, he's projected a top five pick. He's a safety, a first-team All-American on the Fighting Irish. He's sitting out as well as their running back, Kyron Williams, while the Oklahoma State Cowboys, I don't think they really lost anyone. But just looking at that, you kind of definitely a weaker, definitely weakens that Notre Dame team. But I still think yeah. overall they are the better team. So I'm leaning towards them overall. Yeah. And uh, that coach that you mentioned, that will be interesting to watch. Yeah. Uh, I'll, we both talked about it a little bit when he was hired, when we did the Coach Carousel uh, podcast, just how much – we were both kind of high on Marcus Freeman, liked what the players had to say about him, loved his energy first off, just he seems like a great players coach. But Kyron Williams sitting out is actually a really big deal in this game to me. I mean, he's a sophomore, just over 1,000 yards and 14 touchdowns on the year, really sets up a lot in the passing game even for play-action opportunities for that Notre Dame offense. The defense is is very tough, very sound. They're going to be a tough, uh, tough defense to pass. Oklahoma State running back Jalen Warren is the player to watch for me. He's a senior with – uh, 1,134 yards and 11 touchdowns on the year. He makes or break this game, but I think we're both in consensus that Notre Dame will end up walking away with a PlayStation Fiesta Bowl victory. The third of four New Year's Six Bowls aren't playoff games. The Rose Bowl presented by the Capital One Venture X between the Pac-12 champion number 11 Utah and at Lidge at large bid number six Ohio State Buckeyes at 5 p.m. Eastern time in Pasadena, California. Ohio State is a four-point favorite, and the Rose Bowl is always historic. This one, this one feels special. Utah's first appearance there after just a, a great year. Struggle at the start, but beat Oregon twice. It's definitely there's two things to watch that are big is CJ Stroud, the freshman from Ohio State, who had 3,862 yards to the air with 38 touchdowns to only five interceptions. And the matchup with him is him versus the Utah pass defense. Uh, Utah's pass rush is gross. They force a lot of problems. They force a lot of panic from opposing quarterbacks. Their pass breakup, they have had, they rank fifth in the nation with 58, as well as they're fifth in sacks in the nations with 41 sacks this year, led by linebacker Devin Lloyd, who is ranked right now the number two inside linebacker coming into this year's NFL draft. Well, on the other side, Ohio State, with how good Utah's pass defense is, Ohio State's pass offense is just as good, fourth in the nation in terms of passing touchdowns with 40 as a team, 38 of those coming from C.J. Stroud. Booth, what do you think about this Rose Bowl game? I was actually pretty surprised that this wasn't the game you picked as your game to watch, which mm-hmm. is- both teams are very good, and this should be really exciting. I think it's it's a to- I've, in my opinion, it's a toss up for the reasons you listed. Just yeah. Utah as a team just dominated Oregon twice, and yeah, no one else has done that to Oregon. Yeah, well, especially when you look at week two, Oregon played Ohio State and beat them on the road in Columbus, and Utah had no problems. And, and the only argument I can say is I, I think if that game gets played, that Oregon-Ohio State game gets played maybe in you know week six, week eight, week ten, I think it might be a little bit of a different story. C.J. Stroud is getting his feet wet still at that point. That was his first real test, and although he didn't beat Michigan, he's played phenomenally this year, and 
Utah's pass defense is just incredible. It's going to be very interesting to see them have to match up in terms of their secondary with the powerful receiving core that is Ohio State. But I I don't know, man. Ohio State's favored, but the way the way Utah played in the Pac-12 championship, the defense, the defense scares me. I don't know. I don't I don't feel like Ohio State's defense is the same as it is in years past. I'm going with the underdog here. I'm going to say Utah wins. I, I do imagine it to be kind of a high-scoring game. It's going to be the one that I give a scoring prediction on. I think it's going to be be 38-31 Utah. I think they're going to win by a touchdown. I like that pick, and I can't really argue against it too well, but I'm going to go Ohio State. The, mm-hmm. the offense is just so explosive. Yeah. that. I know they have a lot of people opting out as well, but they yeah. like blue chip prospect after blue chip prospect is just going to uh-huh. get subbed in. So it's not like it matters too much. Right. But, if you're uh, in this bowl game, any of these six, you probably have good depth. Yeah. Especially a team with a recruiting cast each year, like uh, Ohio state. Yeah. Which that's, that's kind of the cool thing you see on these opt outs is some of the younger guys getting to play and seeing what the future kind of holds for those people, because obviously they're the next man up, but it, it, the game is a complete toss-up. But let's go to the All-State Sugar Bowl. Which this was, like I mentioned, the game that I'm most excited for. And I, I'm really, to be fair, I'm just excited for it on the terms of Ole Miss. Because an, an incredible year under Lane Kiffin got the, got the Rebels up to eighth in the nation as they take on number seven Baylor at this game, which kicks off at 8.45 p.m. Eastern time on December 1st. Baylor has... A running back. Please tell me he hasn't opted out of this one yet. Abram Smith, he's a senior. He's got 1,429 yards with 12 touchdowns. And that's going to be the big factor to watch is him versus the Ole Miss D-line. Ole Miss ranks 101st in rush yards allowed. Not very good. Where Baylor is 17th in the nation in terms of rushing yards per game. So if he is running the ball, it sets up a lot for Baylor. What made Oklahoma State do well against them, even though they ultimately lost to Baylor, is they held Baylor to under 100 rushing yards. I think it was 62, if I remember correctly. And for our Ole Miss on the other side, it comes down to uh, Matt Coral, junior quarterback. He's the only quarterback this year, in fact, to throw for above 3,000 3, yards, as well as rush for 500 yards. He has 20 passing touchdowns to go along with 11 rushing touchdowns, the true definition of a dual-threat quarterback. Why I think this game's the most interesting is because they are only Ole Miss is only a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I think the Sugar Bowl presents maybe the most entertaining game. And I think Ole Miss here, winning this game is important for their recruiting as well. Right now in 2021, they have the 17th highest rated class in terms of national ranking. In 22, they're in the top 25, but right at 25. They're competitive. Lane Kiffin has turned down the turned around the program completely, which I think is great for the SEC and now presents problems to promote for teams like Alabama, Texas A&M, maybe LSU. They are in the mix to be an SEC powerhouse, such as competing with teams like Georgia as well. Booth, what do you think? Yeah, you want to talk about quarterback play, looking at Baylor Mm -hmm. instead of uh, Ole Miss. Jerry Bohanahan, I'm saying his name right. He missed the the Big 12 championship game, and but his backup, Blake Schappen, completed 82% of his passes, threw for a few touchdowns and no picks. So he looked good, but I believe what I'm seeing is that the starter – Jerry with a G uh, should be starting this week. So it's nice to see that both teams are healthy. It should be a really good matchup. I'm a big fan of Lane Kiffin, so I got to lean to Ole Miss. But this, 
was honestly my second pick for game to watch because like you said, just looking at the line, it's a close game. It should yeah. be a lot of fun. But I think, if- I think Ole Miss snuck under the radar a lot, especially not playing in a conference championship game, just being as uh, as highly ranked as they are. I like where the future is heading for Ole Miss. It'd be good to see. It's good to see when teams get into the SEC that aren't like the year LSU won the national championship. It was it was good to see them in there where it's not just Alabama or it's not just Georgia or even at the time it was Florida a lot playing in those games. So it's good to see another SEC team kind of prevail to the top of the cream of the crop, as you'd say. But yeah, I'm very excited for this game. This is honestly one of the most college, the most excited I've been for a college football playoff series. Uh, some some fresher faces. Georgia's only been here once. Michigan's first time. Cincinnati's first time. Alabama's like the hundredth time. But it it doesn't matter. I mean, I like what potentially the the Capital One Orange Bowl means, and I think the national championship we will have one of the more interesting national championships than we've had in years past, which is exciting. Unless Alabama just steamrolls a team like they somehow find ways to do but i think we've concluded it thank you so much for listening to our coverage and pre-game information on the new year's six bowls including the college football playoffs we hope we helped you a little bit have a great time thank you for listening to two dudes with some balls happy new year